0: The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au Welcome to the Commentary Booth, the ultimate weekly entertainment recap and review show. My name is Jamie Apps and each week I'll be joined by a rotating cast of co-hosts to run you through the entertainment media we've consumed during the week. Along the way, we'll provide you with insightful commentary and reviews. This week, I'm joined by a teacher and travel blogger who lists their favourite movie as Fight Club and favourite TV show as Band of Brothers. Now making his long-awaited return to the show... (laughs) Welcome back, the newly married Buddy McClelland.
1: Hey, not baptized, Married. <laughs> now you can featuring scene ring. It's proven. It's true.
0: How's uh how was the wedding and the
1: wedding was good. Uh we had a little bit of rain, but thankfully we got in between the COVID restrictions. I really didn't see a new lockdown coming and I think we were concerned the day before we had a little outbreak, so we were concerned that we wouldn't get a dance floor. But I see people again now having fully cancel their wedding. So super, super, super thankful that we got our wedding in before the COVID lockdown. Yep. Um, and so same thing with the honeymoon because we went up to the Whit Sundays, stayed on the Great Barrier Reef, um, stayed overnight on this pontoon on the reef, went scuba diving, whole thing. So really thankful that it happened. And yeah, it all happened. I got married. Three days.
0: <laughs> you definitely are timed it perfectly.
1: Yeah. I was, very lucky, and now school teaching straight into the, uh, the lockdown holidays, which is unfortunate, but I can really complain too bad. Two weeks off. I'm just playing golf every day at the moment.
0: Okay, that's a, not a bad way to spend the holidays, I guess. Yeah,
1: it could be worse. Are you in lockdown?
0: Yeah. So yes. Alden Park is just inside
1: it. You must be close.
0: Yeah, Shell Harbour's the cutoff.
1: How far further south for you though? Like it's just the next suburb down. Like Oak Flats is still in.
0: Yeah, Oak Flats. So basically, from uh, Kaima Downs north is locked down.
1: Downs. Okay. Yeah, you got a little bit of a buffer then. I'd hate to be the person that's like on that one street that like people across the road can do whatever they feel like.
0: Yep, that's like um <laughs> in Newtown when they brought in that first wave when it was just metropolitan Sydney. Yeah, that was it. A girl from the newspaper at work, she lived on one side of King street and she wasn't locked down, but her grocery store was on the other side of King street, which was locked down. So she was like, if I go buy groceries, do I have to then quarantine? I guess I have got to make a
1: line somewhere, but you think they'd do it somewhere that isn't just in the middle of a normal street.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's a a <laughs> bit funky.
1: Yeah. How's the, like, our lockdown here seems like people are kind of half serious the whole time. There's probably more people out on the footpath now than it was pre-lockdown. I guess because the only thing you can do.
0: Oh, definitely. Like um, I went down to post the, the magazine on Friday afternoon and I've never seen so many people going for a walk.
1: Yeah, crazy. Like,
0: oh, you're not allowed to leave the house. So now we've all turned into um, fitness freaks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a bit funny.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, we get out of it in the next couple of weeks. But then again, I'm—I'll be quite happy to work from home. So we'll see how we go.
0: Have you uh, been vaccinated and everything? Or
1: I haven't. I tried, and because I teach special ed, I was among the first teachers to get it offered to us. But then I applied and booked myself in for the end of July. Um, and that was at Homebush, at the big vaccination hub there. Yep. The earliest I could get in to get the Pfizer jab was 28th of July and the follow-up about a month later. But now they said they're going to put this new vaccination hub in Wollongong, might just rebook and maybe get a little bit closer or see if I can at least do the appointments here rather than drive the whole way to Homebush, but yeah, keen to get it done just to be back to normal.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, a vaccine hub
1: in Wollongong would be helpful.
0: Yeah, well, they said they're making one in the
1: old David Jones.
0: Yeah, that'll be nice and easy for you. Although have to pay for parking
1: (laughs) probably worth it for one of those yep always a way around it
0: yeah it's you just got to do it i've got the the two now so i'm fully done
1: yeah yeah so you got did you do the astrazeneca or the pfizer
0: uh i just got astra like because i got it as soon as it became available so i've got no concerns
1: at least you're cruising
0: outside of all of that life stuff what have you been watching recently
1: life stuff has been good because it lets me watch more stuff so um a bunch of netflix i've been watching um the, the new special mention new rick and morty has come back out which has been perfect timing so i've been watching that week to week uh, it hasn't got any less weird which i love
0: <laughs> just as nuts
1: yeah just as nuts been playing a bit of xbox stuff and on to a few retro um like my my wife that's weird to say but my wife um has has come back and she started watching all the oc all over again which has led us into some weird paths um but then we've also done the back to the future marathon i've started on the harry potter marathon i'm sure lord of the rings is around the corner just to try and get through stuff but a bunch of netflix Uh, i watched the new kevin hart movie most recently fatherhood
0: okay yep what did you think of that
1: really liked it. I mean, it was, as far as Netflix movies goes, I think we're starting to kind of realise now that, you know, what you're getting into when you watch a Netflix movie or a Amazon Prime movie or a whatever funded movie, that they're not always the best, but they're doable. Date night movies, I think. Um, and I really liked the the fatherhood one. So it follows Kevin Hart's character um, as he and his wife are having a baby. And then, unfortunately, the day after, have the baby, his wife passes away suddenly and it leaves him to be a single dad and it follows him as he raises his little daughter, basically by himself and with the, at the help of his friends. Okay. So it's yeah, like a nice family type movie. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It was nice to see Kevin Hart. Like I found it pretty, it was really heartwarming. Like it, it definitely, I was in tears at a couple of moments, which is rare for Kevin Hart to have me in tears for sadness. Like i I usually don't mind his comedy and he makes me laugh till I cry. but. I definitely was like, brought to tears by the emotion of it, um, which is really nice to see Kevin Hart do something dramatic and get you like that. And then I found it really quite funny and relatable in the sense that just watching him try and muddle through being a single dad, I feel like that's exactly what I would do, like trying to get my friends to help me who also have no idea. And then trying to work out how to do the little girl's hair or how to make her stop crying or whatever. It was just, yeah, I found it really heartwarming and relatable. And yeah, a really good movie, a really good kind of Friday night, sure at home movie.
0: And uh, being newly married, did it sort of hit on a different level?
1: Did a little bit, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, the uh, the babies are on the horizon at some point. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, it did. It makes. I guess that's probably why it made it extra heartwarming because it kind of, as you get older, you find it easier to put yourself in the shoes of those sorts of characters. I guess.
0: Yeah, sort of on that front of. The retro stuff, I got Lauren to watch Top Gun for the first time as well.
1: not long till the new one comes out, is it?
0: Uh, no, it shouldn't be all that far away. I don't think. Good. I can't remember. I did look at the date. It is coming soon. That's sort of why I was like, Hey, we need to watch this so that when I, when we get the preview invite, you can come and watch it and be not lost.
1: Yeah. That'll be happening here now. Now you've got me. I'm excited. They said they're doing a crossover with flight simulator as well. Yep. Get me in that Tomcat.
0: Now they've got this uh, big beefy new PC for the streaming for this these Twitch shows. I've I can actually play Flight Sim now, which is pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. I've already looked up the uh, the controller Turtle Beach are making a controller specifically for Xbox, which I've um, gone to pre-order. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, I tried to uh, fly from Nowra Airport to Shell Harbour.
1: Because yeah, you'd have it already, don't you? Yeah, I'm still waiting for the Xbox version. How'd you go?
0: Not not well. Not well at all. <laughs> like, I didn't do any of the tutorials. I was like, right, I'm just going to jump in. It can't be that that bad. Oh, it's bad.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happens with the Qantas pilots. They just, they find them in the street, go, you want to fly a plane today? Just jump in and see how it goes. They get there.
0: Yeah. I, I got off the ground.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, good. Good start. Otherwise, you'd be driving a car.
0: Then I was back on the ground very quickly. <laughs> hey, you took off. You landed. Oh, wouldn't exactly call it a landing.
1: Oh, you hit the ground. Counts.
0: <laughs> my, my plan was take off, fly over my old house, fly up to Albion Park, fly over my current house, then land. Yeah, I didn't even get out of the narrow airport.
1: <laughs> well, remind me never getting to plane with you at the, at the controls.
0: Hey, once I do the tutorials, we'll be sweet. I just got to. <laughs>
1: Are you using like a, a joystick controller?
0: No, I was just using the mouse and keyboard and I just, yeah, turned it on. I was like, I don't know what any of the buttons are. Let's just wing it and see what happens.
1: I'm telling you, the Turtle Beach one looks so good. Like, it's expensive. I tell my wife.
0: Yeah, aren't they like $300 or something?
1: Yeah, a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's about $400.
0: <laughs> don't let her hear.
1: Yeah, but um, it's really, really cool. Like, it, it has the full controls. It's got the um the button panels on the side, the trim on it. Like, it's it's fully set up so yeah i mean i'm not i don't think i'm gonna have to pay for the actual game itself because i'm part of game pass yep um which i was actually going to talk about later anyway but yeah i think i can at least kind of justify spending the money on that but i think doing having the controls would make it a lot more easy i've also seen people that have the vr headsets when they run it too which looks really cool oh wow that'd be hectic yeah so you look around you're just like you're looking around the plane
0: i think if you just If you tell Anne, like, hey, this is a much more calm game for me to play, I can sit quietly and just go for a fly. (laughs) At least I won't be yelling and you won't hear gunshots all the time until you start playing the Top Gun version.
1: Unless I fly like you, in which case I'll be screaming as I fall flat into the ground. That's also true.
0: (laughs) And then on that sort of Top Gun war theme, I watched the new Amazon Prime. Chris Pratt movie last night? Oh uh, Yeah, The uh, Tomorrow War? Yes. Yeah, The t- the Tomorrow War. It's a military science fiction movie. Stars Chris Pratt, Yvonne Strahovski, who's from The Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> J.K. Simmons, and Betty Gilpin, who's from Glow and The Hunt. And it's all about a group of time travelers come back from the year 2051 and tell current earth that, Hey, we're fighting this war 30 years in the future against these aliens that have invaded and are just killing everybody. Uh, if you don't come back with us to help, we're going to lose and mankind is going to be gone. Right. So they start taking, they initially take military but only 20% of people that go ever come back because they die. So it ends up getting to the point where they just have to institute a global mandatory draft where they just randomly go, you need to report to here. Uh, They check some vital signs and then if you're eligible, they take you 30 years into the future to fight these deadly aliens. Thanks. (laughs) You don't want to fight deadly aliens?
1: Not particularly, no, yeah. Look, I think I'm getting to that age now where I shouldn't have to as well. I'm getting old, I'm married, I'm ready to stay at home and not have to go 30 years in the future to fight deadly aliens. Give me a hoverboard 30 years in the future, but let's not take on the aliens.
0: Obviously a streaming military science fiction movie. You can't expect this to be, it's not going to win any Oscars. Maybe it, it will for like CGI, cause the alien design is awesome. Like they're about terrifying looking aliens
1: it give you like a bit of an Edge of Tomorrow vibe, like the Tom Cruise version?
0: A little bit, yeah, just sort of without the, the constant time loops. like Yeah. It also felt a lot like a Halo or a Call of Duty game, just like the way it builds up to these big cinematic moments and stuff like that. And like I said, the CGI is like really cool, so it sort of has that video game vibe. Um, and with it, the time travel thing, like basically what we sort of – gather is to be eligible to be taken forward 30 years to fight this war you have to have you have to basically be dead in the time that they're taking you to right. okay so like if, if if you live over 30 years they won't take you forward in case you run into yourself
1: right okay so yeah that makes sense
0: and all the people that they send back are super young and you're like why are all these people that are like meant to be the top of the military really young and then they work out that. Oh, they're, they they have not been born yet.
1: Right, got ya. It makes it confusing with time loops and things, doesn't it?
0: Oh yeah. And like, yeah, you don't want to send someone and then have them fall in love with their, their kid or.
1: Yeah, I was only saying when we were watching the Back to the Future the other day, I wish there was more Back to the Futures, but then as we watched, I've never really watched all three consecutively like that before. And if you watch them like that, you kind of start to realise just how muddled up the whole story gets like and I thought you know like I'm glad they stopped it at number three because there's just be so many conflicting storylines and if you do this that the butterfly effect will happen here and it would have got too confusing and too messy so I think it's hard to do a good time travel movie
0: oh yeah because there's just so many rules and like if you just break one of them it ruins the whole sort of movie really because you just go oh yeah hang on So there is a moment where they do sort of break a couple of rules in this one, not going to give it away, but it's pretty, (laughs) pretty telegraphed from early on. Uh, It's a very long movie as well. It's like two hours and 18 minutes. So it's kind of a good thing. It's on streaming. You can pause, you can go (laughs) to a toilet break or grab some snacks in the middle.
1: Come Back to it 30 years in the future.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> the only thing I had was like, yes, the the monster designs are cool. I just wish they'd sort of taken a different way in the end where instead of them being aliens, they could have done something a little bit more sort of grounded where they're instead of being actual aliens, they could have just been like prehistoric bacteria or organisms that have been frozen under the ice because... Yeah, there's a little bit at the end where they realize, oh, these aliens have actually been here a lot longer than we think. And they've only just, they've only just sort of attacked in the 20 or 30 years in the future because, oh, global warming, the ice melted and then they got set free. So it would I think it would have been cooler if instead of them being aliens that just got trapped here, it was like, oh no, they've actually been here the whole time. They're, they're actually from earth. Make them aliens then? It wouldn't make them aliens, but it didn't have, they could have just thought they were aliens and then when they worked it out that, oh no, they're earthly species, they're just being frozen under ice and from the ice age.
1: I mean, 30 years from now, global warming, pandemics, all that whole stuff. We don't have Earth. Let's just jog on somewhere else. That's fair. Have to save the people. Elon will have us by then. We'll, we'll be on Mars.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for an easy way to warm yourself up from your belly out this winter, or cool yourself down when summer returns? Get into the mix and contact Annie Burnside, your local Thermomix consultant, to book a virtual or face-to-face cooking experience and discover the world's smallest, smartest kitchen. Find Annie on Instagram at that.thermo.life. Deathmatch Down Under is a professional wrestling promotion based out of the western suburbs of Melbourne, Australia. Deathmatch Down Under put on some of the most exciting professional wrestling events ever seen in Australia, with their unique combination of match styles which range from technical showcases right through to ultra-violent deathmatches. Watch DMDU shows and buy tickets to their future shows on their website at www.deathmatchdownunder.com.
1: What else have you been watching? Um, going through that same sort of old things leading to new things. Um, the kid detective I watched, which was something I never would have had crossed my horizon other than, and was watching the OC, which got her onto a run of, uh, if you remember Adam Brody, he was Seth.
0: Uh, the guy with like the dark curly hair
1: yeah so he was like the kind of the nerdy whatever guy he is still acting and he actually made a good movie so it's called the kid detective it was made in 2020 it's a canadian film which i'd never watched a canadian film and i was pretty impressed to be honest okay. he plays a washed up 32 year old kid detective who used to be really well respected in his community because kids would bring him Uh, mysteries to solve, but they'd always be like kid mysteries, like uh, the case of the missing hamster or whether this kid actually did train with the Yankees in the off season or who loves who or whatever, just kid mysteries the whole time. Yep. And then as he grows up, he doesn't quite grow out of it, and he becomes really pitiful and an alcoholic uh, until a girl brings to him his first adult mystery at the age of 32 when her boyfriend is brutally murdered. Um, no one else seems to be helping her, so she takes it to the kid detective. Bit of a jump. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of sees it as his chance to maybe, like, lie to people and pretend he's better than he is and, and prove himself to his community and everyone around him by doing his best to solve the mystery. But he still does it in a way that is kind of kiddish. I don't know, It's it, it sounds really weird and it is a bit weird, but it's one of those kind of, like, murder mystery kind of detective movies. It gave me a real, I don't know if you've ever seen Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it's a good one. Gave me a real hot fuzz vibe.
0: Okay, so it's sort of like serious, but then there's little comedic aspects as well. Yeah, I
1: mean, like he's, it's funny. Like he he's running around and just trying to solve it in a way that's really yeah, kind of backwards. But it's it's a good mystery. Uh, it has a couple of good little twists in it. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And well done to him. From what I got told of, of Ian telling me about him trying to make it, it was a film that he wrote himself. He wrote the screenplay for it. And he couldn't get anyone to make the film until eventually he worked and worked and found somebody to do it. And it turned out really great. Um, so I definitely recommend watching We had to rent it from somewhere. I think we got it off of YouTube maybe, but it was well worth the $4.95, whatever it was to watch it. So yeah, funny, um, different and a real hot fuzz vibe.
0: Okay. It's not on Netflix?
1: I don't think so. You might have to search it up. I feel like if it was on Netflix, we would have not rented it though. Okay, cool. really enjoyed it hard to not see him as seth from the oc still though he's one of those character actors
0: okay yeah that that's so hard when someone like makes their name from one thing
1: oh yeah i was thinking about that with um daniel radcliffe because we just started the harry potter yep movies and i was just thinking he's only a little he's like 11 in the first one and you're thinking man you're gonna be stuck as this guy for the rest of your life like i watched that one where he got lost in the, the jungle and that was probably the first time where I could actually forget that it was Harry and didn't think he could just fly out and use broomstick.
0: Oh, yeah, like everything I watch him in, like the first 10 minutes, it's like, this is an interesting take for Harry. Where's he going here? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah his name's Harry, not Daniel.
0: <laughs> Even like in The Tomorrow War, Yvonne Strahovski, who's from The Handmaid's Tale, I could only see her as her character from The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is so hard to watch you and like – Trying to be supportive of you when in your handmade sale you are a horrible human being.
1: Yeah, you think Chris Pratt, you'd get a like Guardians of the Galaxy vibe too.
0: It's always difficult when someone does that.
1: It's almost like unfortunate for them as well, because it's something that they've done well. Like you wouldn't remember them as a character if they were bad at it. But when they do a good job, it makes it hard to get away from it.
0: Oh, definitely. And yeah, when it's such a long-standing thing like Harry Potter, there's what, eight movies or something?
1: Yeah, eight movies where one down, seven to go.
0: All right. So you'll be just watching Harry Potter for the next month.
1: Hey, look, I've got a feeling that Voldemort's not going anywhere just yet.
0: Uh, And, yeah, speaking of that sort of drama, comedy bent, I watched a horror slasher movie that also has, like, a comedy element in it. It's another Amazon one they've done pretty well this week with streaming movies. It's the 2020 movie called freaky starring vince vaughan and katherine newton and it's it's sort of a play on freaky friday and the happy death day series so it uses there's this teenage girl played by Catherine newton and then she suddenly switches bodies with a middle-aged serial killer played by vince vaughan so then for the rest of the movie, Vince is playing a teenage girl <laughs> and Catherine Newton is playing a middle-aged man who's just a psychopath. And that's where the fun comes in, just watching Vince try and ma- make out that he's this, this 16, 17-year-old girl just being really funny the whole time. Again, they, it's a streaming movie, so it's obviously well, it wasn't originally, but it's a streaming movie now and it's a slasher comedy, so it's obviously not going to win any crazy awards or teach you any massive lessons. It's just (laughs) typical B-tier Good Friday Night Watch.
1: And teach you how to get back into your own body?
0: No, unless you want to go stabbing someone with this historic blade. Vince does his awesome job playing a teenage girl, just some of the caricatures that he takes of teenage girls and the elements he puts into the movie.
1: I like him as an actor in those sorts of movies. Like he's never, you're right, he's never going to get a big order or anything like that for the types of movies that he does, but he's good at what he does.
0: Yeah, like he does this great job. Catherine Newton does really well as well playing a middle-aged man. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was as impressive as the director Chris Landon's previous two movies, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, but still like a good lockdown hey, what are, what are we going to watch on a Friday night movie? Yeah. Although looking at the, the budget and the box office gross, it seems to have done pretty well. They spent $6 million to make it and earned fifteen point nine.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, is box office coming back in through cinemas and
0: stuff now again or
1: is it still just kind of through sales?
0: You're starting to see more movies get the, the box office hit now, like Fast and the Furious is obviously going to have a box office few of those are, are starting to get out onto the, the streaming platforms as well afterwards, which I've noticed a lot of movies are doing a lot quicker now. Like, remember when movies used to go, they'd be in the cinemas and then it'd be like four or five months and there'd be a DVD and then another four or five months before it was on a streaming service. Now it seems like.
1: No one's buying DVDs anymore.
0: I know. Now it seems like they just go, hey, we're in cinemas and then two months later we're on a streaming service. Yeah, even if it's like a rental on a streaming service, and then a month after that it's free. But
1: yeah, do you know what I noticed? Because I went to watch Cruella the other week, and I noticed that there's a lot of it. They they put it up there, but you can't even rent it. You got to purchase it for thirty five dollars rather than rent it for five. So that's I think the new step.
0: Cruella is probably worth it though. It was really good.
1: Oh, look, I'm just gonna try and hold it out for the month.
0: Yeah, I think it it is out soon as a. If thing. I don't think there's a huge, like window, like they initially were doing with those premiere access. Is there anything else you've been watching or do we want to jump into my last one?
1: Quick special mention, uh, because I've got all this extra time and I'm sitting here on my Xbox, I've really started to make more use of not just playing Warzone and Call of Duty over and over, thankfully, but um, the Xbox Game Pass is getting better and better and better. They've added all the EA games into it and the bethesda like fallout games and things in there yep then i kind of got to scroll through because they've got so many i figured i'd scroll through and put a download on overnight just see what was kind of top rated and i came across a game called uh what remains of edith finch okay yep it's not one of the big titles it's not um from a big developers from a little developer called giant sparrow and it's just this really unique Um, interesting take on what you can do with a video game. Um, It's kind of the same sort of a a mystery adventure um, where you play as Edith as she gets the key to her family home and kind of goes around and tries to solve the curse on her family and you go into different rooms of the house and solve the deaths and live out the last day as the first person character of each of her family members uh, as she works around the house. It's just a really, really well put together game that I would describe it as feeling like you are playing a book almost, but it just, it flows really well. It's not one of those mystery games, you know, where you kind of have to look around or like that point and click where you're kind of just tapping on everything because you get so annoyed that you can't find what you're supposed to be looking for.
0: Yeah. And you're kind of like, why did the lamp connect with the book to open that door? you're like, what?
1: and it's just a waste of time doing that they haven't done that which has just made it so much better i went into it expecting that i would be frustrated and came out of it really enjoying it really artistic really well made and just i think xbox game pass if you're stuck at home and you have an xbox or you can play on your pc or whatever it's been really really good so 100 percent recommend quick special mention to what remains of edith finch and well done xbox game pass
0: yeah yeah when i got the pc i Jumped on the, the Xbox Game Pass for PC, so I've got access to all of those games as well. Or
1: have a go at this one then.
0: So yeah, I I downloaded. Uh, what did I get the first day? I got the Formula One 2019. Love a couple of racing games. Feels a bit weird playing them with a keyboard though. It would. Like we mentioned earlier, Flight Sim, and I've downloaded Warzone obviously, so I can jump in and hey. play some Warzone with you. I, He's back I do need to go and buy an Xbox controller To connect to the PC though Because <laughs> mouse and keyboard is just not for me No, yeah, it's different I, uh, I don't know how Nath used to play on And Joey, play on mouse and keyboard Like, oh, no way, no thank you
1: I think people you get used to one or the other I'd be stuck on Xbox controller thumbs now Rather than the whole move yeah. and click But they yeah. seem to love it
0: EB sent me a, a voucher for my birthday so There you go to- Ten bucks off a controller, so I'll probably jump on that. You think you grow
1: out of it as you get older, wanting an EB games voucher, but you just don't. But I'd still love one right now.
0: Oh, and yeah, like I'm just signed up as a member. Like it didn't cost me anything, and they're just like, oh, here's ten bucks because it's just your birth month. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Only problem is my birthday is at the very end of the month, and the voucher ends on the thirtieth. So I just have to have to treat myself early once lockdown ends, and I can go back to the shops.
1: Well, oh, getting on back onto Warzone. Uh, and then the last
0: thing I checked out, I think is right up your alleyway. It is the surf Alex Ferguson documentary, never give in. Nice. Where did you watch that on? I got sent the link. It's now in cinemas. So we got, got the preview version. Nice. And it's surprisingly, it was made by his son. Okay. I never realized that his son was a film director, I guess, but yeah, his son, Jason made this documentary that goes all through all about Alex's life from being a kid growing up in Govan in Scotland, right through to him playing as a striker for Rangers and then diving into his early managerial career in Scotland. And then ultimately with Man United, taking them all the way to the the Champions League and the crazy amounts of titles they won, and then all the way to the very end where he had the brain hemorrhage and recovered.
1: Yeah, well, if you're going to make a, a film about any football manager, it may as well be him.
0: The most successful manager of all time, basically.
1: Of all time.
0: <laughs> and, like, yeah, they use that brain hemorrhage as sort of the central part and idea of the movie where obviously they're looking back at his life and times, but it's like apart from this brain hemorrhage, like why would you do that other than, oh, well, he's just the most successful. But they used the, hem- the brain hemorrhage as he was really fearful that he was going to lose his memory.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: So they sort of make, made this film as a way for him to sit there, talk to his sons and his wife and go through all of his memories and then have it captured on films.
1: Oh, wow. Good on his son, like, to make a film like that, that touches like that. And to also live his own journey rather than be involved. You think for sure the kids of Alex Ferguson would be footballers. Good on him for following what he actually loves.
0: Yeah. it's like such a cool documentary. Like there was so many things that I learned about him like in the early parts of like his playing career and the beginnings of his managerial career, like I didn't realize how much he did. Like he took, he took one of the, the Scottish teams that he managed like all the way to the Champions League that year, then they everybody thought they never had a chance and then he came in and basically took manchester united from struggling to the top and made them one of the most dominant teams of all time
1: yeah well 90s united is what he was with beckham that whole time he basically found ronaldo he's yeah he's had a good career i think it's over over 500 epl wins I think out of maybe 800 and something games. So over half of them all career one, like that's massive.
0: Oh, yeah. Like you just look at the players that he had, like Giggs, Cantona, Ronaldo, Beckham. Unbeatable back then. Rooney. Like he had a ridiculous squad. The movie has interviews with Giggs and Cantona talking about basically Ferguson's managerial style where he He just knew like how to get the best out of his players with gigs, he really pushed him quite hard as more like a father figure. and there was a, a clip from an interview where they asked when you when you are coaching these younger players, do you sort of have to take it a little bit easier on them so you don't break their spirit?" And he's like, "No, you have to go harder. You have to like push them harder than anyone else and make them sort of realize that it's a privilege to be playing this." level of football rather than working in a regular job like their parents did and stuff like that.
1: I think that's a really underestimated part of managing a football team. Not that I do, but I've definitely played in a lot of them. It's more about man management than it is about tactical management a lot of the time. I think coaches get really caught up a lot of the time only focusing on the game but not focusing on the player. It's a really interesting take on it. And
0: then with a player like Cantona, who had all his disciplinary issues before he went to United, apparently he was quite light on him. (laughs) When they had a, a big formal event, everyone was told, hey, wear black tie, be properly dressed up, uh, gigs rocked up, had his top button undone, got yelled at and pulled aside for having his top button undone. Cantona rocked up in something not black tie, like quite casual. And, uh, Ferguson pulled him out in front of everyone and was like, see guys, now this is style. <laughs> no, just like, wait, what? <laughs> like he said, he was sitting there thinking, oh yes, here we go. I'm not going to be the bad guy anymore. And nah he still was. It's
1: a bit like a uh, Dennis Rodman. Just let him go, lose him in Vegas for a few days.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like some of those players, you just have to let them do their thing and that brings out the best in them.
1: Yeah. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Does any idea when it comes out.
0: Um, I do have that date somewhere. Let me just double check. Next week, I think. 16th or 17th, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah when, I, when I run out of Euro games to watch, then it'll be straight onto that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So even like for someone that's not a huge football fan, I think it's a cool look into someone's personal life and story, especially when they talk about uh, how he met his wife, Kathy. He met her at a factory that he was working at. Well playing football, they struggled when they got married because she was Catholic, he was Protestant, they were playing, he was playing for Rangers, which is a very Protestant club because she was Catholic. There was all issues there. The crowd and fans seemed to have big issues with that. And then on their first date, he bought her a box of licorice, all sorts, and then proceeded to eat all of them himself. (laughs) But she fell in love with him.
1: Seems like it worked out okay. Yeah, I think it worked out all
0: right for her. (laughs) And then the the biggest quote that I took from it was uh, a quote from Alex himself. When he was speaking about cutting one of the players, he was like, when there's doubt, there is no doubt. So basically saying like, Hey, if, if you're questioning whether this player should be in the team, they shouldn't be. There's no, you shouldn't be questioning it. Like you just have to make the cut as soon as you start to worry that there might be an issue there because if you hang around us it's going to cost you in the long run. Yeah. Which I think some of the, the current managers could probably use that philosophy a bit more.
1: Must be nice to have that much of an amazing squad that you can do that though.
0: Well when he did it he didn't really like he had um, this goalkeeper who he said was the best goalkeeper in Scotland when he signed him. And then he had a couple of bad games in the lead up to an FA Cup final. And then they, they had a draw in the final because he made a couple more errors and then in the replay, he just cut him and brought in another guy who even Ferguson said was nowhere near the ability, but he had the mindset that he was just as good. Yeah. And then that brought out a good game in him and they won the the cup.
1: There you go.
0: What would be your top recommendation? Probably,
1: they're all quite good. Um, I would say probably Fatherhood, uh, because it's easily accessible. It's an easy watch, heartfelt and, and funny. You, you kind of know what you get with the Kevin Hart movie, but he surprises you with being a little bit more heartfelt and dramatic in this one, so Fatherhood for me.
0: Okay, perfect. For me, it's uh, freaky, just because, yeah, it's, again, super easy, accessible, Amazon Prime and in this lockdown time we need something to to giggle at a little bit all right thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth and watching for the first time on twitch if you enjoyed the show please remember to rate review and subscribe on itunes or any podcast service you can follow me on social media at Media and at pario magazine we have the new issue is available now I just cannot deliver it until lockdown ends. So keep an eye out for it after that. (laughs) And you can follow Buddy on Instagram at a.b underscore C S double E. The commentary booth is a fan funded production of Jamie apps media. You can support the podcast alongside our new magazine, Pario magazine on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie apps media. The following people have supported at the publisher level or higher and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Courtney Paulson, Tracy Apt.